This podcast is being brought to you by Leftover Energy, LLC. I am service. I am uplift. What do you think about, um, I know you saw it, the um, article Kyle Whitmire wrote about um, the Democratic Party not saying anything about what Tommy Tuberville, he was talking about how dead the party is. You going to go no comment on that? (laughs) We need some serious leadership in the uh, Alabama Democratic Party. Yeah. Yeah. And we need some new leadership. Mm. And that's about all I'll say. <laughs> Tell me a joke. You know, in honor of the this weekend, mm-hmm. I want to ask you, Ivo, what? Tell me, tell me, what separates a really good football team from a great one? Well, Alabama is great and Auburn isn't, so whatever that is. I can tell you what separates a good team from a great one. What? It's the Alabama-Tennessee state line. (laughs) Good one, because it is Tennessee hate week, baby. It is Tennessee hate week. And... No fruit sucks like the big orange. <laughs> now, why couldn't the pony sing a little lullaby? Why couldn't the pony sing a lullaby? Couldn't keep time? No, he was a little horse. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we have with us today the Reverend Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> we have my friend Richard Malt. Um, man, well, Richard and I go back what thirty years now, at least. <laughs> I was a mere teenager when we first met, <laughs> and I was a mere babe. I was just a babe in my mother's arms. I heard you were a glint in your daddy's eye, but... <laughs> something like that. <laughs> um, here is one of my. This is one of the fun times I get to have because I get to learn about my friend just along with everybody else. I've known you so long. I have no idea where you went to school. I have no idea what, you know, did you play in the band? Did you play for, you know, tell me about you. Get like, this is your, your brief biography. Well, Considering you're almost 100, it won't be brief. But <laughs> you know, last week was my daddy's 120th birthday. <laughs> wow. But he was 80 when I was born. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me tell you, uh, I came from uh, the east side of town. I went to Robinson's uh, Elementary. I was a Banks Jet. Really? Along with uh, Coach David Cutcliffe. Really? Absolutely. And um and Judge Virginia Vincent. Okay. Uh so we went to banks. Uh I uh, graduated in seventy two, went to UAB when there were only four buildings there. Wow. Uh in nineteen seventy two, Alabama, University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa had eighteen thousand students and UAB had five thousand. 
Uh, today, as I drove through there today, it's just awesome. Mm. UAB has 19,000 students, and Alabama has, of course, 36. It's a thousand. Yeah. So uh, the, the growth potential of this system has just been tremendous. Uh, I am so happy that uh, our community has benefited from UAB. And, of course, after I left UAB, <clears throat> I went to Cumberland Law School where I uh, – uh, Doug Jones was a classmate of mine. Really? Senator Roger Bedford was a classmate of mine. Wow. Uh, Judge Clyde Jones was a classmate of mine. And Governor Charlie Crisp of Florida was a classmate of mine. Get out of here. So, uh, I didn't know he went to Cumberland. Yes, he did. So okay. uh, we, our, our classes during that from 76 until 1981, were blessed with senators, judges, governors, you name it. Uh, we were all great political animals. And, of course, I was— So that's how you got in the Illuminati. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I've got the ring to prove it, baby. <laughs> Someone asked me uh, about uh, uh, Woodward Hall and Woodlawn. Uh, about Wasn't that where the Klan met? And I said— at one time, they did in the 20s. But also, I was raised a Knight Templar there in the Masonic Order back in the, gosh, 80s, along with Charlie Gorham, my good friend and attorney. Goodness uh, gracious. We went together. Uh, <clears throat> after uh, law school, we uh, practiced law a little bit. I was a law clerk for a federal judge for two years. Which which judge? Uh, judge Stephen Coleman. Who Stephen was, Coleman. He was the okay. presiding judge of the bankruptcy court. Okay. And okay. I, he loaned me out to Judge Allgood and Judge Lynn to write briefs and memorandums. So I had a great, great uh, pre-career as a law clerk. That's awesome. uh, and then I practiced law with Charlie Gorham, uh, with uh, several other good attorneys. One that we need to note is uh, uh, is uh, Bruce Gordon. Mm. Who, uh, Bruce is a very good friend of mine, and my cousin now practices a lot with him. Okay, so it's it's a great. Uh, I've had a great career. Uh, after practicing law, I was a clerk of the bankruptcy court. Okay, and when I left the bankruptcy court, I started a nonprofit called, and I'm going to spell it out for you: Consumer Financial. Education Foundation of right. America, CFEFA. Mm -hmm. We built it, in, we started it in 2005 uh, and built it to the become the largest credit counseling agency in the state of Alabama. That's awesome. We, uh, we downgraded about five, six years ago to just concentrate in Alabama. Mm -hmm. We were nationwide. Really? Yes. Uh, <clears throat> so we, we now concentrate in Alabama. In Jefferson County, uh, and that's where we're doing now. I have taught law school. I taught Senator Roger Smitherman at Miles College. Are you serious? I'm serious. A heart attack. He was a star student, I will be happy to say. Okay. Uh, I taught at UAB, uh, and I taught at the Birmingham School of Law for 20 years. Wow. So I've had a now pretty— I knew about the Birmingham School of Law. Yep. But the rest— yeah, and Miles, Miles was fun because I was just right out of law school and I didn't know really what I was doing. Yeah. And it was Judge uh, Ralph Cook 
was dean of the law school at the time and a good friend of mine and my family. And uh, he invited me to come forward and, and teach there. And it was the beginning of a great relationship with him. That's awesome. It really is. I, I've, I've had fun with my life. Yeah. It's been good. Now, how did you become a Democrat? And what made you, what gave you the passion, like, not just to be, but to be the king? <laughs> Many people would disagree with you on that. <laughs> I'm sure. But they all lost. Cha-ching. <laughs> 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 um, my father mm -hmm. worked for the railroad, and he was from Georgia. My grandfather also worked for the railroad. Yeah, you know, let me let me put it in perspective. Okay. The South mm -hmm. in the in the late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, both white and black folks were destitute. They were poor. Mm -hmm. People in North Alabama didn't have power. Alabama power didn't go that far. Uh, people didn't have medical attention. They didn't have doctors. They didn't have nurses. They didn't have hospitals. Uh, my grandfather worked for the railroad part-time during the winter. In the summer, he came home and he farmed. So that's the way you did it back then. Mm -hmm. And the union came in and started organizing the railroads. And my grandfather and my father and his brothers recognized that unions were very important in providing safety, in providing health insurance, and in providing a higher wages so that people could actually move from a horse and buggy to an automobile. Mm. Uh, my father's, two of my father's siblings died at early ages. His older brother, Harold, died from a scratch from a brooch on my one of my aunt's dresses, uh, died of blood poisoning. Oh, my word. There was no medical treatment back then. His little baby sister that was right after him, that came after him, Gladys, she died at three from meningitis. It profoundly affected my father. Mm. And then uh, <clears throat> the opportunity came along in the form of building a terminal station in Birmingham, Alabama. My granddaddy uh, rode the train, left his family, rode the train over here to Birmingham from Tallapoosa, Georgia, by the way. Tallapoosa is special to me because that's where my family came from. A lot of my family still lives there. Most people think of Tallapoosa as where you buy your lottery ticket now. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the first exit off. I the, knew I, I was like I've heard of Tallapoosa. Where is it? Tallapoosa yeah. is right over the line uh, in in Georgia. Yeah, uh, it's the first exit. Twenty. Granddaddy got on the train and came over here, and he helped build the Birmingham Terminal Station in 1901. Uh, in 1928, he made the decision to moved to Birmingham and come to work over here, loaded the family up. He bought a brand-new Ford Coupe, 1928 Ford Coupe. My father was 18 years old, 
I have the bill of sale that my grandfather bought it. It was, uh, I think, about five hundred dollars. Mm. He paid twenty five dollars a month for it. Oh wow! Wow, that's something else. I saw that and thought, oh my gosh, <laughs> he bought him a brand new car. Uh, that's where the union came from. Uh, plus, they had medical insurance, so that profoundly affected my father, along with Franklin Roosevelt in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. People were starving in Birmingham and around the country. Uh, Franklin Roosevelt came in, uh, legalized uh, union organizing, uh, got the minimum wage, got Social Security. He, he did so much for the working class. Right. My father was profoundly affected and uh, believed deeply in the Democratic Party as the party of the working average man and woman. Mm. Uh, so that, and then he got, my father became a, uh, shop steward for his railroad union. He then became the secretary treasurer, uh, during 1948, the railroad unions under Harry Truman integrated. This was not done before. Unions weren't integrated in Alabama until 1948. And my father helped integrate his union, and we became a very, very, uh, (laughs) we became the family that allowed Negroes. You were nigger lovers. And our home. (laughs) We got beat up. We got spit on. We got our windows broken. Uh, I mean, just, you know, things like that. It's just, it, it was traumatizing. Anyway, it made me a better person. Uh, <laughs> he over here crazy. He don't know we talking like that. Like <laughs> Mark and our buddies, I'm, man. I I'm can say to anything it. to him. <laughs> uh, so, so you know, it, it, <laughs> my father was the one that instilled Democratic Party principles in me. Yeah. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> uh, what's funny? Let me tell you a brief little history. Mm. In 1958, there is a picture of me on the back of a pickup truck at Roebuck Shopping Center with a big Wallace sign holding up. This is when he, Wallace was the liberal candidate. Yeah. And the unions were supporting him over Parsons. Persons. So <clears throat> You got to take a picture then. I'll, I'll, I'll do that. Of, well, yeah. I'm afraid people use it against me now. <laughs> I would never show a soul. <laughs> <laughs> but Daddy was a, a Jim Folsom man. Daddy uh, helped okay. Jim Folsom in organizing. Dad helped the uh, city council and the uh, the Greater Birmingham City uh, Commission when when they went from a commission form to a mayor council form. Right. Daddy helped Tom King in that race. Okay. Uh, the, the famous picture of Tom King standing on the city hall shaking a black man's hand. Yeah. Daddy was standing right next to him. They didn't get to him in the picture. Wow. So <clears throat> we've always been. I grew up that way. I stayed that way. Uh, and I became a, a member of the Young Democrats. Now they started pushing me to be president of the Young Democrats for Jefferson County, for the state, for the national, and uh, it just took off from there. Hello, I'm Dr. Geraldine Agee, Miles College Provost and Senior Vice President of Academic Affairs, and I'm here to tell you that now is your time. Miles College is Birmingham's premier four-year HBCU. We offer intimate class sizes, accessible faculty, 
and a personalized career plan with you in mind. Whether it's your first time in college or you want to return and finish, please come experience Miles College and let us invest in your future. What's your favorite charity right now? One that feeds people. I have many favorite charities. Mm. I contribute to the Birmingham Humane Society. That's a very big one for me. Okay. Uh, I help with food drives for various churches. I'm not that much of a church person anymore, but I do help with uh, several churches in that. Uh, I believe in giving of yourself and being a true servant leader and try to help people that are less fortunate than me. And trust me, I was poor growing up. We, we, Daddy was a union man, but we didn't have that much money. Yeah, uh, they all had big families. Uh, we farmed. Mm-hmm. We had our little compound out in East Lake. Would you? Would you? Would uh, y'all grow? Uh, we grew everything you could imagine. We grew corn, okra, peas, uh, <laughs> tomatoes. Um, I didn't pick peas because of the wasp and the bees. I was allergic. Oh, wasps and bees go around peas. Oh yes, so oh, okay. they like to get around those little honey those those little blooms. Okay, and uh, so I, my job was picking okra. Okay, now I don't know if you've ever picked okra before. No, nope. <laughs> but yeah. buddy, it hurts. Oh. It has got stickers on it, and Grandmama used to put uh, athletic socks, my uncle's athletic socks, <laughs> on my arms. And, you know, those old, all the the old kind. Yeah, all the way up to my elbows. Yeah, because the old kind had the stripes. The other had kind of stri- <laughs> and, and I had and the, the stripes, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, they had the elastic nigga. And, of course, they all went to Woodlawn High School because Banks wasn't there yet. Uh-huh. And uh, they were all Woodlawn High School, Woodlawn socks. Uh-huh. <clears throat> So I'd be out there picking uh, okra and putting it in the basket and stuff, and that stuff would eat you up. That, it would mm. eat you up. But that's what we did. We grew chickens, and I grew uh, rabbits. I had chickens. I had ducks. <laughs> you know, I lived on an acre out there in, East, in the middle of East Lake. Yeah. Uh, I had chickens. I had ducks. I had rabbits. I had pigeons. I had guinea fowl. I had dogs. I had cats. <laughs> and I never had a horse. No wonder you love the uh, Humane Society. That's You've right. always loved it. I've always animals. loved it. And yeah. as soon as I got enough money, I bought me some horses. Really? <laughs> I sure did. Wow. I had a nice little polo string. <laughs> I can't. You got to show me these pictures. Now, if you don't answer one of these questions, you're going to have to make an extra donation to the um, Humane Society, but they're all easy. You're going to blast through it. So. Let's start with Regions Park or Rickwood Field. Rickwood is a great facility. I have fond memories when I was a child. My uncles took me there to watch baseball games. My daddy took me there to watch the circus. That's where the circus came. Really? Circus came to town at Rickwood. See, I never knew that. Oh, yes. They were always at Rickwood. They would get off the train at the terminal station. Oh, by the way, my father was the maintenance manager of the terminal station. 
Okay. So if you ever ask me what what makes you so much Birmingham, <laughs> that's what I was. <laughs> my granddaddy built the terminal station, and my daddy maintained it up until 1969, where they tore it down. He was the main witness before the Public Service Commission, with Bull Connor as its president, when they the Norfolk Southern made application to tear it down. Wow! And the Public Service Commission gave them permission to tear down our terminal station. Okay, Probably. you just said what makes you so Birmingham. I get to say what makes you so Birmingham. All right, you you tell me. You're older than Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. <laughs> Almost. Uh, my daddy was born in 1910 when we became the Magic City. That's when it became the Magic City. That's when it became the Magic City because there were so many people coming in to Birmingham, and they had developed East Lake, they developed Wahoma, they developed Woodlawn, they developed Inslee, they developed North Birmingham. All these were different cities. Right. And they developed uh, Southside. Because see, Birmingham is, um, started out as Illiton. That is correct, yeah. right down here on Center Street. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that. So uh, 1910 is when they had the big push to annex all these different cities into Birmingham. And overnight, it tripled in population. Just like And they magic. called it like magic. <laughs> and that's why they call it the magic city. But, and anyway, Daddy was born that year. And uh, they came over here 18 years after that, and he was in the class, Woodlawn class, with Miss Nina Miglianico. Really? First woman to be elected city council, and uh, they were classmates. And I always remember him talking about her, saying, she was the smartest little girl I'd ever met in all my life. That's interesting. Oh, yeah, we've always been. Smart, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Botanical Gardens or Rickwood, I'm sorry, Railroad Park. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Railroad. Okay. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? You know my history with with the new stadium, or do you? No. Well, we won't go into it right now. Okay. But uh, let's just say that I'm chair of the design review committee for the city of Birmingham and have sat on it for 40. (laughs) Now, let's say I've sat on it for 32 years now. Uh, I didn't like the design. Really? And they had to convince me it was going to turn out all right. And it took the county commission and the mayor and the city council to sit me down and say, it's okay. I love it. Protective <laughs> Stadium or Legacy Arena? Legacy. Any stories there? <laughs> um, we love the new design of Legacy. Mm, uh, okay. It's really nice. Uh, they built the Civic Center before I was on the Design Review Committee and before we had the ordinance to approve certain designs of buildings in historic neighborhoods or uh, um certain areas of town that have been designated uh, improvement zones. So the original Coliseum, the original uh, BJCC, mm-hmm. was really ugly. It was ugly. I mean, oh, it my gosh, really it was a box. Was. It was a, well, you know, it was a huge fight to even get it built. 
Okay. It, it was a difficult, difficult situation. Uh, <clears throat> I knew Jack Boggan, who was the first director of the BJCC. Okay. Uh, he did a lot to get it off the ground and get it going and show the city leaders and the population that we could make money. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, Jack's daughter went to law school with me as well, Okay, Julie. And uh, we were great friends, and I got to hear a lot of stories behind the origination of the BJCC. But I think the new design is fabulous. I have to say that because I approved it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said, that shit sucks. I should have. <laughs> I was supposed to have gone to, uh, I was going to be an architect. Really? Oh, yes. I was going to be an architect. And when I was getting ready to apply to all these college, colleges, Daddy said, um, you can go to Georgia Tech. You'll have to work and help and make yourself go to Georgia Tech, but you ain't going to Auburn. <laughs> I, I will not pay for you to go to Auburn. I love him. I love him. <laughs> and we, uh, Mama decided, I'm not going to Atlanta and be and go to Georgia Tech. Uh-huh. You're going to stay your little butt right here <laughs> and go to UAB. Where they can watch well, you. Well, I can watch. No, Daddy didn't care. Oh, okay. Mama wanted to watch me and make yeah. sure I didn't do stuff. <laughs> Crossplex or Legion Field? Legion Field. All right. First football game ever was the Banks-Woodlawn game. I was five years old. It was Banks' first football game. Uh, Woodlawn beat the crap out of them. That was the first game at Legion Field? Well, that I went to. Oh, that you went to? That I went to. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Oh, gosh, that's a toss-up. Uh, the Sloss family have, have, or my friends, mm-hmm. they've been very good to me over the years and are very great, uh, philanthropists for this city. Absolutely. And, and, and Vulcan Park has always had a great, great soft spot in a part in my heart. Uh, I, it's a toss up. Love them both. Here comes a donation to the, um, Humane Society, cha-ching. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, Allison, be looking out for Richard. I had lunch with her the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Civil Rights Institute or Negro League Museum? Ooh. Mm. I approve the design for both of those. <laughs> um, gosh. The Civil Rights Institute. Okay. Have to be. Okay. Because it is internationally famous. Yes, yes. And, and, and I, I hope in the coming near future to help uh, it get bigger. Outstanding. Barons or Squadron? Barons. Legion or Stallions? Stallions. Michael Jackson or Prince? Prince. Why Prince? I always liked him. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> who did I say? Oh, Biggie or Tupac? Ooh. Mm. Tupac. I just knew you were going to say Biggie. And <laughs> now the game is coming up. 
State or A&M? Alabama State oh. or Alabama A&M? Now, you know, <laughs> half my friends are State, half my <laughs> friends are A&M, and we can't tie anymore. But let's go with State this time. Going with State. I'm with that. <clears throat> um, now, I got one for you. I don't know if I told you. Had I told you that I've left the Democratic Party? No. Tell me why a black man should be a Democrat in the state of Alabama in 2022 on October 13th. It doesn't matter where you are. You need to be a Democrat because Democrats represent the average people, the average person. They are not... going to take away the rights of a woman to have a choice over her own body. They are for the working class. They will improve the minimum wage, which will lift all boats, not just the people that work at fast food restaurants. They will help provide, and I hope, I hope that our governor one day will come to her senses and expand Medicaid so that rural people will be able to access health care without having to somehow, somehow find a way to Birmingham to go to UAB or Cooper Green. There are so many rural hospitals that have closed, like my daddy's sister and my daddy's brother that died as infants because there was no medical care. That is why a black man in 2022 on October 13th should be a Democrat because we do not believe in gunning down innocent black men in the street. Mm. We do not believe that. Now, that's not to say we don't support black support officers Mm -hmm. in enforcing peace. Mm -hmm. My goodness gracious, nobody said that. Mm -hmm. We just don't want them murdered anymore. Mm. Well, those are all very good arguments. Off the top of my head. I I want it. (laughs) I I go off on my rants. I just wanted a really good, staunch Democrat to come on and inspire people that we're Whatever your choice is, vote. Absolutely. Black men, Absolutely. you got. we got to get out here and vote, all right? Now, let me do my little spiel before I let you go, since we are October 13th, 2022. Black man in Alabama, right? <clears throat> there are a third of the number... Well, let me just say, for every three Republicans in the state of Alabama, there's one Democrat. All right? Correct. Now, the last time I checked, it's been, what, 20-some years since we've had a statewide Democrat elected? Sue Bell Cobb was Sue the last, Bell Cobb, was the last Democrat dears. elected. Well, wait a minute. It was either Sue Bell or Lucy Baxley, one or the other. Sue Bell. Probably it was Sue Bell. Bell. It was Sue Bell. Um, the social programs that we um, look at for our 
um, less fortunate, they don't help my people. They don't make my people any better. They don't make my people aspire. And if we're going to be fair and if we're going to be equal, the same baby that was born to that woman was born to the man as well. If he is going to be considered at all. And so just like she's unemployed, he's unemployed. All right. Where's the help for him? Where's the help for the black man from from all of these social programs? See, the thing I'm getting at is we're not a monolith either. Black men and black (laughs) women have very different political objectives. And the Democratic Party, I pass no judgment. But the Democratic Party decided that they were going to side with the women. Yes, they did. And so when you look at black men, I'd rather put us on a little island out here. I would rather us, I would rather the Democrats and the Republicans have to court us to get this vote. And while we're... um, um, deciding if while we're talking about uh families and family values and all of that stuff why don't we talk about non-custodial parents all right when you look at a bunch of non when you look at the non-custodial parents a lot of those are black men Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so where i'm what i'm going what i'm getting at here is that i just truly believe that we need to participate in the primary that matters in the state of Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) And number two, will they let you? (laughs) That's a good point. We going to see, we need to, we need to participate in the, in the, in the primary that matters. And we need to be voting for the moderate Republican. To keep the Donald Trumps and the Marjorie Taylor Greens and all these nut jobs from even running against the Democrat. So I just feel like if we participate as a block, because these elections are so close these days, if we participate in the primary that matters, we make a difference and we have to be courted. Ivan, you know what? Hmm. That's exactly what happened in the Democratic Party Hmm. in the history of the state of Alabama from the 1800s after the Civil War up through the 1900s, the 1950s. The Democratic Party was the predominant party in Alabama, but it wasn't the National Democratic Party. Mm -mm. It was the Bourbon Democrats. (laughs) It was the segregationists. It Mm -hmm. was the racists. They all were Democrats. Mm -hmm. Asa Carter, George Wallace, they were all Democrats. Right. The, the Republican Party, when I was a child, and I didn't tell you a joke about me being in first grade either, but remind me. Okay. When I was a child, the Republicans met in a room at the Tutwiler Hotel and picked their statewide candidates in a caucus. They did not have a primary. When I was a child, they did not have a primary. They met as a caucus and picked their nominees 
to run against the Democratic standard bearers. And I always remember it was always the winner of the Democratic Party that became the governor or the senator, mm -hmm. just like today. <clears throat> Back in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, you started seeing more. Oh, by the way, bl back then, black folks were Republican. Right. They voted Republican. Right. Now, they stuck. Well, then the 60s and 70s, they started voting in the Democratic primary to start electing the moderates. Mm hmm. And, you know, poor old Albert Brewer, Governor Brewer, he should have won in 1970. He really should have. And it was George Wallace that ranted about the big black voting block mm. that was voting against him. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> I still remember those days. Uh, <clears throat> but the you black— You like George Jr. and I are good friends. Well, George Jr. and I are good friends. Yeah. <laughs> when How I is he? He, he's fine. Good. Uh, <laughs> he likes to reminisce about his father a lot. Yeah. Uh, George was my executive vice president of the Young Democrats of Alabama when I was president. Wow. Yes, in 1982. Wow. That's when Wallace said, forgive me, I want right. to be governor. Right. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> so those are the voting trends, my friend. Mm-hmm. And you said we ought to vote in that to elect moderates. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you, your folks did in the Democratic Party. And, and voting trends are in waves. You can measure it. You can view it. You can read about it. You have waves of voter uh, people voting one way and believing another way. And, and, and you see this uh, uh, a lot. Uh, you see it a lot. Um, getting back to when I was in first grade, yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't. They didn't send me to kindergarten because Mama thought I was too tender and too young to go to kindergarten. <laughs> so we started first grade, and uh, my father was a very, very big Democrat and a worker in the Democratic Party. <clears throat> and um, I had. I remember coming in from from. Uh, backyard one day playing. We had a creek running through the backyard. I mean, you know, of course, I told you we had a big, huge yard and yeah. acres out in East Lake. Uh, I had come in from uh, playing, and it was in the summertime before I went to school in 1960, and there was a man on TV, and he was talking, and Daddy said, Son, you see that man right there? I'm going to vote for him for president, even if he is a Catholic. It was John Kennedy. Yeah. That's the first time I ever remember seeing a political person on TV. Mm -hmm. We had an RCA Victor, black and white, but it also goes to show you the prejudice of certain folks. Mm -hmm. Daddy was a Baptist. We didn't associate with Catholics. Mm -hmm. But he was so much of a Democrat, he was going to overcome his prejudice to yeah. vote for the man. Later that year, I go to <clears throat> uh, school. Now, Kennedy hadn't been elected yet. It had been November. This is in September mm -hmm. of 1960. The teacher says, who knows who the president is? Who can name the president? I raised my hand real quick, <laughs> and I told her. And everybody started laughing. 
<laughs> and Ms. Gann, who's our, my first grade teacher, says, uh, Ricky Mock, you need to come with me. And she grabbed me by the arm, and she marched me down to the office at Robinson Elementary School to Mr. Tarrant, who was then the principal. And she says, okay, tell him what you told me. And I repeated it. And Mr. Tarrant just laughed, and I was six years old. Mr. Tarrant just laughed and said, son, when you go home tonight, you tell your daddy that the president's name is Dwight Eisenhower, not damn Eisenhower. <laughs> I want to thank my dear friend, Ricky Malk. <laughs> that was the first time I heard Ricky. And, man, I tell you, sitting here just reminds me of just how much fun I have when I talk to you because I always, you always have the best <laughs> stories and tell me where things come from. Yeah, we barely from scratched how, the surface. We yeah, didn't you got to bar. Yeah, yeah, you, you got to come bar. back. <laughs> you Not got only to did I own back. a farm with all the damn polo ponies down there, <laughs> spent all my money on that. <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63, Our 360 News, and UrbanHam.com. God bless. This podcast has been brought to you by Jefferson County Sheriff's Office.